0: Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old Sports Talk.
1: Get out! (laughs) You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This air show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions. You have the knack. You have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host guy's an absolute stud, John Zagul. Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see everybody here with us. Um, such a special show here tonight. We're announcing all of our new affiliates and our syndication network. You can see all of our affiliates right there near the top of our screen. Hit them all up today. We're very excited to be debuting this weekend at WKAN and Kankakee 1055. The ticket um, down in Wilmington. And of course, our existing partner cities 92.9 FM, WJOB, Gent TV, and AC TV. Um, you can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the channel, hit that like button. And tonight, we have a huge special guest to kick off today's show. He is the former head coach of the Washington Commanders, a former NFL quarterback, and a Super Bowl winning coach back in 2002. Please welcome Coach Jay Gruden to the program. Coach, it is great to have you on. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, great to have you here. Um, There's been so much going on with Commanders and Bears stuff. We're going to get to both. There's been a little bit of a crossover, and that's where I want to start here today. What's your take on the Bears' trade for Montez Sweat?
0: Well, I think the Bears got a heck of a deal. Montez Sweat's a good player. We traded up for him when I was still with the Washington Redskins at the time. Um, We traded up to get him. We needed a pass rusher. And what we liked about Montez was his ability to run. And this day and age are so many good young athletic quarterbacks that you got to have defensive ends, defensive linemen that can run. He can track them down and make some plays. He's not the most gifted natural pass rusher, but he gets away with a lot of things because of his length and his speed.
1: What did you think about the Bears giving up a second round pick for him, knowing that as of today, at least, there's no extension in place?
0: Yeah, that, that's odd to me uh personally. I I don't I, I think they must have a deal in place, I would think, with the agent of Montez Sweat. It just seems odd for me to give up a second round pick this late in the season for a player that you could only have for eight games. Uh, you know, second round picks to me, I, I really cherish my draft picks. I I, you know, my first year in Washington, we lost our first round pick for the RG3 trade, and and just watching all those first rounders go is like it was painful. I love to have draft picks and they're very Crucial, but if they can get Montez signed to a long-term deal, then it's worth it because in the second round, I don't think you can get a pass rusher of the caliber of Montez Sweat, especially as young as he is too.
1: How much of an impact do you think he'll make? Obviously the Bears this year are struggling, but even looking towards the future, how big of a piece of this defense do you think he'll be?
0: A big piece because like I said, he can run and he's, he's stout enough to stop the run. So, you know, and he's got great durability. He's got great flexibility. Um, He's a smart kid and he plays extremely hard so you know when you're young you're big and you can run you should be able to have an impact on a defense alignments roster on defense alignments team
1: we've got coach Jake Gruden here with us on sports talk chicago huge guest great to have him here with us coach let's talk about the bears as a whole right now you've seen them play so far this season what do you make of how they're looking
0: well you know they're up and down because the quarterback position is up and down they've had some injuries some key players Uh, The secondary was, you know, in disarray for a little bit because of the injuries. Khalil Herbert got hurt. Justin's been hurt. It's hard to have continuity with injuries to keep positions in your best players. So uh, Justin is the big one. You know, he's got to stay on the field for them to grow and for them to succeed in the future, in my opinion. Obviously, the Lions got to continue to get better. Uh, Another blocking tight end would be great. The running game's got to continue to improve. Uh, DJ Moore's having a good year. Got to get Moody more involved. Uh, defensively they stop on the run pretty good they don't rush a passer extremely well that's why they got sweat linebackers are solid with edwards uh you know they're, they're playing well they're just you know the quarterback position is where it's at that's where the that's where the money's made and right now the quarterback position has been too up and down for them to have too much success
1: do you think justin fields is the guy for this bears future
0: well, it's hard to tell. He's missing games, and last year he did some. He had some splash games. It was very exciting for Bears fan. He'd rush for 150 yards and throw for 250. I mean, it's hard to do as an NFL quarterback, but to have to sustain that success and have the consistency to do that—that's what Bears fans are looking for, and that's what Justin Fields has to prove that he can do. He's young. He's still developing. He has a skill set, but we have to see it in a consistent week-to-week basis, or at least. 10 to 12 games out of 17 nowadays. You know, it's hard to maintain that type of level for an entire season in the NFL. But, you know, we still need to see it on a consistent basis.
1: How do you know when to move on from a quarterback? You've done this before in Washington. You also helped draft a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. How do you know when to move on? Or what are the warning signs that show, hey, we might want to move off this guy and go some other way?
0: You know, that's a great question, especially with a young quarterback as talented as Justin. I, I don't know the answer to that because I'm not around him. You know, I think the more you're around a player in the building and at practice, you can see, is he developing? Is he getting better or is he making the same mistakes over and over again? Can you trust the player? Is he, Does he love football? And that's what I don't know. If you find a guy that doesn't put the work in, is not getting better and better, then I think it's time to move on. Let him get a different scenario.
1: Based on what you've seen in watching Bears games and watching him play, I mean, should the Bears keep him? Because you have to remember, too, and I'm sure you know this, we're talking about the Bears potentially having a couple of first round picks, uh, money, and extension talks are going to be coming up, too, entering his fourth year. This is a weird situation. What would you do if you were a part of it? Well, it's a,
0: you know, like I said, I'm not around him at all. I don't know him personally. I don't know what kind of work ethic he has or what he's doing at practice how he's, you know, relate to the players. Does he motivate other players? Does he make people around him better? I don't know that about Justin. What I see on the film and what I see on just only what I can see, I would look to, if I had a high draft pick, possibly, you know, drafting another quarterback personally. But if I saw that he was really doing great in practice, was a great leader, bringing people along with him, then I would keep Justin Fields because he has a a great skill set. We just haven't seen it on a consistent basis.
1: So you faced a similar situation when you inherited RG3, then moved on to Kirk Cousins. How did you handle the decision to eventually move on from RG3 and then institute Kirk Cousins to be the new QB1? Yeah,
0: that was tough. You know, we tried everything we could to get RG3 going. It just didn't work out. And the more year round, uh, Kirk Cousins and RG3, you see them side by side, throwing in practice, uh, going against the defense. I think it was pretty clear to everybody involved that Kirk Cousins was more ready to lead the football team and help us win football games more so so than RG3 at that time. You know, I hated to do it, but uh, Kirk was very, very good, very accurate, had a great skill set mentally, physically was pretty tough, and uh, we just decided to go that route. And it wasn't just my decision. I think it was a unanimous decision amongst everybody in the building.
1: How did you manage that situation? As somebody, you know, on the inside helping to make it, how did you manage all the fallout that came from it, whether it be publicly or even inside the building.
0: Yeah, I got destroyed pretty good for that one. You know, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I was the head coach at the time, and, and that's what head coaches have to do. They have to make tough decisions like that, but they have to be for the betterment of the football team. There's no personal issues there with me and RG3. Uh, I didn't like Kirk better as a person or any of that stuff. I played the better person who I thought fit our system well, and it would help us win games more. We tried to adjust our system for RG3, gave him every opportunity to be successful, but at the end of the day, given the same opportunity, uh, Kirk Cousins was just better at that time.
1: You said something very important, and I think it's something that Bears Brass maybe has failed at doing in the past couple of years, adjusting your system to the quarterback. What did you do specifically for RG3 to try and have him fit in better?
0: Well, when I first got the job, I hired Sean McVay to be offensive coordinator because he was... He was here under the Shanahan's and they, obviously his rookie year, he was pretty dang good. So I wanted to hire Sean because I was with Sean before in Tampa and I had him in the UFL. So he knew my system pretty well. So we implemented, implemented a lot of the Shanahan stuff that RG three was really good at. And then I brought some of the stuff that I liked from Cincinnati and obviously from Tampa. So uh, we tried to do some of the similar things. In fact, we changed some of our, some some of my terminology to fit what was, what RG three liked to make him more comfortable. Uh, Just did work out. RG3 got that injury his rookie year and uh, wasn't quite the same athletically, I guess. And at the end of the day, Kirk just handled a lot of the passing game a lot better than RG3.
1: So what's the key to developing a quarterback? Because Kirk didn't have the best rookie year, but obviously improved as things moved forward. How did you turn him into what he is today?
0: A lot of Kirk really worked hard. And Kirk was a naturally gifted passer as far as accuracy goes. Now, Kirk had to Uh, really process the information and he really worked at it extremely well and it's really up to the player it's up to the coach to get to know the player but really see how they process information how they can handle adversity um, how they handle pressure which is a big thing you know when you get the pass rushers can you avoid it can you step into your throws but overall it's just a matter of understanding the concepts the plays the defenses It blitzes, how to protect yourself. There's a lot on a quarterback's plate. And whichever quarterback can handle that on a a daily basis and continue to add more to his plate will be more successful. Kirk, really, despite being a fourth-round pick, he just continued to learn and gain information from the Shanahans. And when I got the job, he was never really too, like, it's all about me. He just continued to learn, kept his mouth shut. And when he got the opportunity, and that's a big thing, when you get your opportunity and the limited reps you have, you better dominate them and Kirk did that.
1: How did you approach becoming the Washington head coach because when you came in things were kind of all over the place and you led the team to some winning seasons? How did you approach that and how did you uh, attain your success early on?
0: Well, when I first got there we weren't very successful. We uh, had a rough year. You know, we inherited a team that was I think 3 and 13 and my first year he was the RG3 deal and I think he got hurt a little bit. We played Kirk Cousins, we played Colt McCoy. Kirk struggled a lot. Uh, as a my first year in Washington, we actually went to Kirk Cousins, back to RG three, back to Kirk. We we had a swinging door, and then the second year we 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 put it into it after OTAs and and training camp. We just figured that Kirk Cousins threw the ball had the best training camp, had the best OTA session, had the best understanding of the offense. So we named Kirk Cousins a starter, and we went nine and seven and went to the playoffs. But there's a lot of adversity, a lot of tough things you have to go through as a coach. I know Coach Eberflus is going through some things right now. Um, it's not easy, but, uh, you got to stay the course and stay true to who you are and do the best you can and try to motivate the players and bring the best out of them. And, uh, unfortunately after five and some odd years, uh, it didn't work out for me. Quarterbacks were a main issue. We signed Alex Smith. He got hurt. And, uh, after Alex Smith got hurt, it was pretty much the end.
1: How difficult is it for a coach to last when he doesn't have a quarterback or doesn't it's have impossible. key
0: pieces? It's impossible. The quarterback position is 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 more important than the head coach, in my opinion. If I had my choice, if I was an owner and I could get the best head coach or the best quarterback, if I get Patrick Mahomes or the best head coach out there, guess who I'm gonna take? Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about it. And when you lose that position, like we did, we lost Kirk Cousins to free agency, and then we went out and got Alex Smith, and then he broke his leg, and then on my backup Colt McCoy, who I who I loved, he broke his leg as well. That's pretty much that's when the sink that's when the ship sinks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got Jay Gruden, Coach Jay Gruden here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. Do you have any advice for Coach Matt Eberplus here in Chicago? Uh, you know, it's his second year now. Obviously, a lot of things are going on. When it, when it comes to internal stuff, there are things happening. Coaches are resigning under mysterious circumstances. The on-the-field play is not going well. Do you have any advice for him in terms of trying to control this situation?
0: Yes, you have to You have to stand up and face it. You know, you can't hide from, you can't hide underneath the rug. You got to face the issues because they're going to be brought up nowadays with social media and everything. Um, you have to challenge your players to stay focused on the job at hand and continue to motivate them because that's what it's all about. Behind closed doors, you have to continue to be a leader and stay focused on the job at hand, and that's whoever you play next, period. And then you also have to address some of the issues that they have with the coaching staff. Say, here's here's what happened, here's why we did it. Let's move forward and and let's go beat whoever we're playing. So uh, you got to prepare hard, you got to practice hard, you got to try to eliminate outside outside noise, but stay true to who you are.
1: How did you eliminate that outside noise? Because I'm sure it got pretty noisy your first couple of years in D.C. and even near the end too.
0: It was always noisy. It was always noisy. <laughs> and you're right. And, you know, you have to go up to the press conference. You have to have a little bit of understanding what's going on around you, what the noise is, so you can address it to the media properly and, and just try to stand up and tell the truth. You know, you got to tell a few white lies here and there, but uh, you got to just, you got to face it because that's what you get paid to do. You know, it's it's not for everybody. It's a, it's a unique job. It's a one of a kind job. I loved every minute of it, but the pressure is pretty brutal at times, but I actually liked it. You know, I I liked facing some of the adversity. I mean, it's never going to be a perfect, perfect day in pro football. You know, that remember my first, when I first met Bill Parcells, he says, when I first got the job, he goes, Jay, just remember this. Every day, there's going to be at least five things you didn't count on happening. And he's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, there's, whether it's injuries, trainer, coaching staff, a player issue, being late, whatever it might be, something always comes up, and you got to handle them. you got to deal with them.
1: we got Coach Jay Gruden right here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to take a quick break for all of our affiliates. We're going to be right back more with former Commanders Head Coach Jay Gruden in one second here on Sports Talk Chicago. Sports Talk Chicago, John's Glow, John Meadows directing and producing, and here with us still for segment number two, head coach Jay Gruden, Washington Commanders, former head coach, former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl winning coach with Tampa Bay. It is great to have him here with us. Got a lot out of segment one, certainly learned a lot. Wanted to get your take now, coach, on the current state of the Commanders. So since you left, there's been some changes for sure. Now there's a brand new, essentially rookie quarterback. What do you make of their 2023 season so far?
0: I'm sure everybody's disappointed, and and really unsure why it's happened the way it's happened. Well, number one, the defense is supposed to be dominant. You know they have, they had four first round draft picks on a defensive line. I mean that's that's a lot, and their defense is supposed to dominate, and they haven't done that. Their secondary has been poor. Uh, they haven't really got the pass rush they need to get to be great on defense. Linebackers have struggled at times, and offensively they've been up and down. They haven't been able to protect Sam Howell. He's given up. They've given up 41 sacks. Uh, that's hard to deal with. Sam Howell has shown a lot of progress, a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of hope for the Washington franchise because he can grip it and rip it. He can he can face pressure. He can throw it under duress. He's done a lot of great things, but the protection has been an issue. So overall, I think with the negative plays on offense and the lack of uh, turnovers on defense and to get off the field in crucial situations on defense results in a three and five start. Uh, they have good players on that football team, and they still have a long way to go somebody is going to get that seven seed in the NFC. And it could be Washington, it could be Minnesota, it could be New Orleans or Atlanta, whichever one of those teams. But they're still in the thick of things to get in the playoffs. If they can turn it around, uh, do better on defense, and then continue to pre- protect Sam Howell because he's got some talent.
1: There have been rumors swirling about this, and you brought up the playoffs. Do they need to make the playoffs in order for Coach Ron Rivera to stay?
0: You know that's that's not up to me. I think they do need to show significant progress. You know, I think the giant game was in the bear game was was really hurtful to that organization and to that coaching staff. Now they did turn it around. And they played better against Philly, but you still lost the game. So they have to turn around and make some get some wins. They have to get some wins. They can't have any of these. Uh, what are they? I don't know. These mental victories or what are they? Whatever they're called, they, they have to actually get victories because they're too good of a football team. Uh, to not to beat the Giants or the Bears at home on a on a Thursday night football game. No offense, Bears fans.
1: Oh no, no, we don't take any offense over here. We were, we did a live stream for the game, coach, and um, we were stunned watching the game and seeing how that one went. But when you watched it, what did you think?
0: I was I was stunned as well. You know, the way <laughs> the Bears looked, I mean, especially on offense. I mean, they looked like they were. They, they were on point. It was a great game plan they had. They were aggressive. They went after the corners. Justin stood in there, threw the ball, got DJ Moore involved early. I was very impressed with that game plan by Chicago. So uh, Luke Getzky had he, he dialed it up beautifully. Then and then Washington just had no answer for you know the pass rusher offensively to get anything going.
1: You mentioned Sam Howell certainly has talent. He has shown a lot of progress. I'm a huge fan of him from what I've seen. What do you think his future could be in the NFL?
0: You know what? For a guy that's, he played one game last year. Now he's played eight this year. Uh, You got to love, you got to love what his future might bring. Right. I mean, he's, he's tough. You can tell he's physically tough. He's mentally tough. You know, obviously he's got to get more consistent with his accuracy from time to time, but the sack issue now it's not all on him. Obviously maybe it is pre-snap. Maybe he's not making the right line calls. That's what I don't know. But, you can't get sacked five, six, seven times in a game and expect to be a great quarterback. It just can't happen. you got to be able to throw the ball away, know where your checkdowns are, know how to protect yourself by adjusting protections. Uh, and I, I, that might not be on him. It could be on the offensive line, coach, a quarterback, or the center. Who knows? But that can't happen. So we got to get a little bit more accurate and protect yourself a little bit more. But I love the upside of Sam Howell because he's act, he, he can make the throws and he's a tough kid.
1: If you were still head coach, what would you do to ensure success out of him in development, like you did with Kirk Cousins?
0: Well, they had a great game plan last week against Philadelphia. You know, they got some quick—they got the ball out of his hands quick early, got him some confidence going, got some completions going. I think he was four for four for only about twenty-five yards, but still, that does that does a lot for a quarterback's confidence moving forward. Then they got up some quick games, some three-step. Then they did some play actions, got him outside the pocket, Um, and then they started to push the ball down the field a little bit. And they had some success. So that uh, that was a great job by Eric Piena. I mean, I think that's what you have to do for a young quarterback. Very similar to what they did with Tyson, his first game against the Raiders. He threw seven screens. He threw five bootlegs, threw a couple quick games. Then he, when he had to throw the ball down the field, the minimal times he did, he didn't make mistakes. He checked it down when he had to. And that's what you have to do to manage a game.
1: He's not going to be the guy here in Chicago, right? But what did you think about Bajan and him in general? I mean, he's certainly a competent NFL backup at least, right?
0: Well, I mean, it's too early to tell, but I think after the Raider game, I mean, he showed that. He showed the poise and he showed a few throws down the field, but uh, mainly I think he was protected by the offensive coordinator and and they were very simple and he had a good strong running game and they played with the lead. Now, how he plays from behind like he had to against the Chargers is a little different story. So. <laughs> You know, but he's young. He hasn't had many reps. I mean, you think about it. In training camp, how many reps did he get? The whole thing about being a quarterback is you have to have a lot of reps. My first year at Cincinnati, we drafted Andy Dalton in the second round. We knew he was going to be the starter, so he got every rep in training camp, every rep in the preseason games. So when the regular season comes, he at least had some reps. Tyson, he probably got, you know, six reps a day in practice and in training camp, and maybe get scout team during the season and, and now all of a sudden you're the starter so give him a chance give him some more reps and see how he does
1: what's your philosophy on quarterbacks in terms of starting them or sitting them the rookie year because I remember with the Dwayne Haskins situation out there under you uh, you guys decided to sit him initially then put him in so how do you balance or how do you determine which quarterback should start uh, game one in the rookie year versus who should sit and learn more on the sidelines
0: Well, it depends on the quarterback and how much they can handle. Because if you're a drop-back quarterback like Dwayne was, uh, you have to handle a lot of information with the protections and uh, coverages and and formations and all that stuff. If you're more of an athletic quarterback where you're doing some zone reads like an Anthony Richardson or some of these other bigger quarterbacks and quarterback-designed runs like Jalen his first year, you can get away with a little bit less uh, inventory because you have those plays that are pretty easy and more natural for them to do. Um, So it depends. Some quarterbacks can pick it up quick. Some can't Andy Dalton picked it up extremely quickly and some others just struggle with it. But at the end of the day, for young quarterbacks to play, you have to be patient with them. You have to have a good, strong running game to help them a good line. And really what helps a lot is a good defense like Cincinnati. We had a great defense in Cincinnati, so we didn't have to score 30 points a game. And I'd go in there to Zimmer and and Paul Gunther and say, hey, what's the number? They'd say "Hey, anything over 18. We got it. So you know, third and eight, I might call a screen pass and be more protective of the young quarterback. But if you have to score a touchdown every time, that's hard. But, like, it, it just depends on the player and in the situation that you're in and the franchise that you have.
1: Got Coach Jay Gruden here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. John Zaglul here with you. John Meadows directing and producing. Coach, wanted to talk about your career, your coaching career, your playing career. Do you have any aspirations of coaching the NFL again?
0: Uh, who knows, uh, you know, right now I've, I've, been out a year and a half and in my last couple of years, weren't very successful in Jacksonville. I was offensive coordinator one on 15 and coach Marones last year in the COVID year. That was a quite a nightmare. We played three quarterbacks that year, Jake Luton, and Mike Glennon and Gardner Minshew got hurt a little bit. My last year in Washington, we played with uh, three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks a year before that. So, you know, if I got a chance to coach again, I'd like to have a quarterback that might play and stay healthy and be very, very good. But, I don't know if I'll get that opportunity or not.
1: I recall when you were hired by the commanders at the time, you were touted for your offensive genius, and there's certainly a lot of that still with you. Just theoretically here, what if the Bears came called after this season? If they changed coaches or, or made some turnover, would you be open to doing something offensively with the Bears, whether it's coordinating, whether it's being an analyst, anything of that nature?
0: When I was little, my dad was a coach at Notre Dame, and the Bears were my favorite team, Walter Payton, growing up. So I'd always entertain a Bear offer. But right now they have a good staff, and they're doing a good job. And uh, let's let this season play out. Let's see how they improve. They get Montez Sweat. Let's hopefully Justin Fields comes back, see if he can improve a little bit, and uh, then we'll make a determination there on the staff. But I think Coach Iberflu is a good coach, and Luke Getzky's done a good job with the young quarterback that he has, Tyson and, and Justin. They've had their up, ups and downs, but hopefully they get it figured out.
1: Would you be open to, like, a head coaching position, more of a coordinator? Are you open to anything, or are there specific positions that you're kind of looking at right now if you evaluate? I don't know
0: if I'd ever get that opportunity, man. I'd love to talk to anybody about any opportunity there is at the end of the day. Whether I take it or not is yet to be seen, but I don't know if I'd get offered anything anymore.
1: How did you feel about the end of your tenure in Washington?
0: It was uh, a little, little uh, bitter. You know, I, I you know, I love some of the players that I, you know, I miss those guys and some of the coaches. But, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of things going on in the front office that we disagreed on there at the end and um, kind of got standoffish there towards the end. It wasn't a very good ending. I wasn't allowed to talk to the team after I got let go. They made me out to be a villain. Wow. Worked extremely hard for that uh, organization, and uh, it wasn't a great exit in my opinion. It wasn't handled very. Class. It wasn't very classy, you know, for the amount of time and effort that I put in to help build that football team. that get shunned out of there. I, I wasn't a big fan of that.
1: Are you on good terms with the team or the franchise today at all, or not really? I know ownership's kind of changed. Is, is there any? Yeah, I don't, any- the
0: ownership has changed, and you know, I, I know Coach revere a little bit. I don't really speak to anybody. I have a couple coaches there that I still still speak to that it, were on my staff that it, that I you know I care about a lot. But other than that, no. And some of the players, you know, I talked to once in a blue moon, but. Not really. Time goes on. Nothing as old as yesterday's hero. Yeah,
1: I understand that, but I am stunned to hear that they didn't let you address the team when you walked out. Has that ever happened to you before? Like in other positions that you've been in, have you been allowed to at least address the team or say, Hey, goodbye. I'm, I'm moving on. Or, you know, I was let like, go. Is that I commonplace so. or?
0: I don't know. I think it, it it's different in different places. I don't know if Josh McDaniels got to say bye to his team or not, who knows? You know, uh, you know, so it's just, it's just, some owners and GMs handle it differently. Some let their coaches say bye to their team a little, so long, see ya. You know, I, I, it's different.
1: Wow. that That is uh, stunning information, at least for me to hear. It's uh, Coach Jake Rudin here on Sports Talk Chicago. Coach, just a few more questions before we finish up here today. Uh, your thoughts on the commander's name change? Just I know they were the Redskins back when you coached him.
0: You, you don't know me very well, do you? I guess not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on record to say they shouldn't have changed your name. You know, I'll get in trouble for that and all that stuff. But you know, I, I you know, I guess if it offends somebody, maybe change a name. But uh, I, I don't know who it offended. I haven't met anybody uh, ever that it offended. But you know, you, you would know more than I am. I'm not very active on social media. I have Twitter right now for the first time ever. But you know, I, I think the Redskins is a historic name. Uh, it meant a lot to this NFL team. The rivalry with the Cowboys and Redskins was, was sure. legendary. The commanders and Cowboys just quite in not the same to me.
1: Fair point. I, I can't say anything else other than that. I mean, a, it's a, I've heard people say the same thing, so I've heard both sides of it. I've heard fans say both sides of it too. So very yeah. curious and interesting to get your perspective on that. I, I enjoyed yeah, hearing yeah,
0: that. It's a team name, but you know, a lot of people who played for the Redskins back in the day, take sure. a lot of pride and, in the history that they provided for the franchise and the name, but oh, well, it is what it is.
1: What was your best achievement as a head coach? Oh
0: boy. Probably get my second contract with Dan Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think our second year when we were, uh, we, we were about to get fired probably after year one, we struggled. I think we were four and third, four and 12. And then year two, we started out shaky one and four, maybe. I think we won seven in a row and get to the playoffs. Uh, We lost to Green Bay in the first round, a pretty good game. But I think taking the team to the playoffs after just a year and a half or two in my second year was probably the best achievement.
1: Are you allowed to tell us about the uh, contract negotiations with your second contract there with uh, Dan Snyder?
0: Yeah, they offered me a lot of money and I signed it. So it wasn't that hard.
1: Okay. (laughs) just wanted to make sure (laughs) because
0: in hindsight, I wish I would have got a little bit more power of uh, personnel and decision-making and free agency and all that stuff. However, you know, I didn't, but it's just, it was still a great opportunity and I appreciate the opportunity. Don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful. (laughs) I'm very grateful. Had a great time there.
1: Let me ask you this to end, maybe a two-part question. Uh, I'll ask this one first. What was your funniest moment in terms of coaching? Funniest moment that you were a part of?
0: Funniest? Good Lord, is that an off-the-wall question? Uh, you know, I think you just have a lot of times within the organization, that practice, and in the meeting rooms, there's a lot of good times and a lot of laughs. Just, there's a lot of stress and a lot of work and a lot of uh, not very much sleep. But – I think just the camaraderie with the players and some of the other coaches, I think, is, uh, is what it's all about. And there's always going to be laughs throughout the course of a day. You'll laugh at something, but to name one thing, that's hard to do.
1: What about your toughest spat with the media or your toughest approach with the media?
0: Uh, the toughest one is probably my first year with Robert. You know, Robert Griffin III. You know, he came out in the media and it was a misunderstanding. He came out and kind of said that uh, you know, the, if the people around you don't play well, the quarterback doesn't play well. I kind of took it as offense to he was throwing the players under the bus that he played with, and and then I came out and said Robert needs to worry about himself. So then I came out to be a Robert hater, and it wasn't <laughs> like that. I was just trying to trying to get everybody on the same page to do your job. You know, if Bill Belichick says do your job, it's okay. He's the greatest coach of all time. If I say it, I, I'm a I'm a hater.
1: <laughs> well, Coach, um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here today. This was an amazing interview. We learned so much. We got so much insight. And I would love to do, to do this again soon, seriously, especially as the year moves forward, as free agency and the offseason kicks in. Let's have you back on if you're okay with that. I really appreciate the time.
0: I have a lot of free time now.
1: that's head coach Jay Gruden here with us on Sports Talk Chicago what a great segment we're gonna be back talking a lot of Bears Montez Sweat so many things going on in Bears universe we're gonna get to that right here stay with us all of you watching and listening on our great affiliates this is Sports Talk Chicago Sports Talk Chicago back at it here John Zaglul John Meadows directing and producing what a great interview what a great time With head coach jay gruden uh coach was a great interview there was so much that we learned there and um, i'm appreciative of everybody everybody for tuning in certainly appreciative to him for his time Uh, we learned a lot we heard a lot and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot in terms of bears and Commanders stuff i want to make a quick announcement here too Uh, so first of all you can follow us all over at sports talk chicago hit the like button subscribe to the youtube channel Really want to get this out there before we forget big news for Sports Talk Chicago. I'm sure many of you have saw the um, press release that I put out all over on social media. The Sports Talk Chicago syndication network is here. We are now regionally syndicated on six stations, six stations across Chicagoland, across Illinois and Indiana. We added two more. I want to give them a big shout out and a big thank you to WKAN in Kankakee and 105.5 The Ticket. Sports Radio, 105.5 The Ticket, down in Kankakee and Wilmington. That's our first all-sports station that we're on. We're sharing the airwaves with all all the greats on Fox Sports Radio, which I listen to very often. Many of them have come on this show. Mike Harmon, Jonas Knox, we're on with them now. Out there in Wilmington. In addition to our great and loyal affiliates that we've had already, Cities 92.9 Talk FM in Bloomington and 1230 W J O B Gen TV and ACTV in Aurora. Uh, this is a historic day for the program. This is a historic day for the company at large. I just want to thank everybody, all of our affiliates for saying yes to putting us on and letting us do what we do every week. And a huge thank you to all of you for tuning in and continuing to support this independently syndicated grassroots program. Without your support, without your viewership, without your audience numbers and metrics that we track, this wouldn't be happening. So it's a huge testament to all of you for always hanging out with us and always uh, hanging here with us and being fans of us. And I want to give another special shout out. I don't know if he's gonna like this or not, but John Meadows directing and producing um, you guys may not see or don't know, John runs all the graphics here that you see on the screen. John helps cut up stuff in terms of videos and audio. And obviously he's running all the live streams that we do. The one now, the one we do on Sundays for Bears games and throughout the year, he helps me produce, gives me good ideas. We always workshop and talk. Uh, we wouldn't be in this position today in terms of expansion without him. I was doing it alone and we were having some fun, but in terms of actually getting serious about stuff, john made all that possible i want to give a big shout out to him for doing all the good and hard work behind the scenes to make all this stuff happen so please hit him up in the chat and congratulate him because he is a big deal and he's a big reason why we are where we are here today Want to get into um a couple of things bears related there's been so much going on so much we're going to try and discuss we're going to try and cram in here uh, in these next, what, 15, 20 minutes? And we're going to talk about what Polls said, what Ryan Polls said, what's going on. I and mean, there's so much happening here. Now, Ryan Polls had a press conference today. To his credit, I don't want to kill him too much. Ryan Pace never did press conferences during the season. I give Ryan Polls a lot of credit for coming out and speaking out about a lot of things that have been going on. Now, you heard what Coach Gruden said there in the background. We're going to say it here too. It doesn't make any sense if the Bears are going to bring in Montez Sweat for a half a year, then get rid of him or lose him because his contract's going to be up. And that's a very good and fair point. It's something that we all need to consider and um, keep in mind. It was a big swing by Ryan Pauls, very much so. And I appreciate the proactiveness. A lot of people didn't like this trade and too much giving up. I totally understand that stuff. But here's what I'll say in terms of giving him some sort of credit. At least he's out there trying. Now, why acquire Montez Sweat when you're, quote-unquote tanking this year, or at least when you suck this year and you're not playing well, that's beyond me. But if they have plans to extend him, they have plans to keep him around for the long haul, give him a big contract and keep him here, I don't see the harm in acquiring him for a second-round pick. I could guarantee you this, and maybe I'll regret these words later, but I'll tell you what, it will not go as bad as the Chase Claypool thing. I hope not, at least but I really don't think it's gonna go as bad as the Chase Claypool stuff. Polls came out also and said that he wants to retain uh, Jalen Johnson. He said he wants to keep Johnson around. So I don't know what that means in terms of actually getting the deal done. I don't know what that means in terms of money, where everybody stands and what's happening, but polls did come out and say he wants to keep Jalen Johnson. We're gonna cover that and see how that goes. Obviously Johnson requested a trade didn't get it. Now he's still on the team as kind of a lame duck guy until the end of the year. That move by Johnson was dumb, by the way. I'll tell you what, if you think you're such a great corner, or you know, you're such a great player in the secondary, why are you giving up a quick eight-yard slant touchdown pass last weekend? If you're so elite and so good, why are you playing like that? Why are you making mistakes of that nature? Tell you what, man, there were a couple of years ago, everybody was criticizing Jalen Johnson. Now, all of a sudden, he's some stud, unbelievable corner. I don't buy it, and I don't know if he's worth what he's asking for. And by asking for a trade, which people may not see or understand, the problem with that is this. Now, the relationship soured, and they could all come out and say, we're fine, everything's okay, he didn't mean it, whatever they try to say. The fact is, he asked for a trade, he asked to leave. He didn't want to be on this team anymore. Did not want to be here, didn't want to deal with that. They kept him, now he's here. So now what? They're going to sign him to an extension to keep him around? It's going to be pretty damn awkward, don't you think? If I ask, hey, I want to leave here, and then you give me money, and then I stay, it's weird. It's just, it, it's a weird situation. There could be underlying tension. That's not a good negotiating tactic, you know? good negotiating tactic would be, hey, I'm going to be a free agent. This team offered me tons of money. Are you going to offer me the same amount of money? Okay, great. Not, I want out of here. Get me out of here. Not a good negotiating tactic. Now he's going to be here for the rest of this season. I would be surprised if Johnson does return. That's just me. You come out and say you want to trade, and then all this stuff happens. I would be surprised if he sticks around. I really want to get into this, too. Matt Eberflus. Here's an article from NBC Sports Chicago, and polls addressed this. Bears GM Brian Poles explains why he still supports head coach Matt Eberflus. He still supports him, apparently. Here's what Poles said. Quote, what I see every day, when I where I let me try that again. Quote, what I see every day, where I see him address the team and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. We'll get to that in a second. He said, quote, I know in the outside world, it doesn't look like that. And I know it looks like we're far away, but this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity. I don't want to blame only Eberplus because this is an organizational problem, okay? This is not just an Eberplus rant. Don't worry. I think he's a nice guy off the field. Integrity. Let's talk about what integrity is. Let's talk about what integrity means in the context of what Ryan Poles is talking about. Integrity, according according to the definition, here's the definition of integrity, okay? The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. So it's a morality thing. It's an honesty thing. That's integrity. Now ask yourself, does Matt eberplus this coaching staff, this team, this administration, do they have integrity? Let me, let me think here. We have two coaches who've resigned or been fired mid-season and have both been, and this is fully true, reported to HR because of it too. Whatever they did, whatever anybody wants to say or keep quiet, it's been reported to HR. That's a fact. Okay? That doesn't sound like integrity to me. And when asked repeatedly about the situation, Matt Eberplus and company say nothing. Oh, it was uh, inappropriate conduct. They're gone. But what really happened? Well, we don't really know. How's Justin Fields doing? He's doing okay. He's progressing. There's never any specifics. It's lie after lie, or at least if not lie, have truth half-truth. We'll give you a little bit here, a little bit there, and then we're going to shut up and good luck. Does that sound like integrity? No, that's not integrity. <laughs> this, I would argue, is the least year of integrity for the Bears. This is the worst I've ever seen it in terms of integrity. How do you have two coaches? One of them, a senior coach, a defensive coordinator, resign midseason, mysterious circumstances, nobody says a word. That's not integrity. That's not honesty. That's not morality. That's a joke. I don't know what the hell Ryan Poles was saying today. Got to remember, too, you know, Ryan Poles hired Matt Eberflus. not going to throw him under the bus, but I'll tell you what, by the end of this year, his ass better be gone for good. Not a personal attack. Not, I hate Matt Eberplutz but I'll tell you what, Ryan Poles is dead wrong on this. Oh, it looks weird outside. Yeah, it does look weird but it's stable internally. No, it's not. You just let go of coach this morning, the running backs coach, who's reported to HR. Nobody knows why. This isn't stable. This isn't good. This isn't integrity, is it? Or is the definition of integrity in question now? Integrity is morality. It's honesty. I just read you the definition. This is not integrity. It's not. When Poles was asked again about integrity, he said this, quote, we have expectations here. This comes from me, Kevin Warren, George McCaskey, and Matt Eberplus If you don't meet those expectations of how you move around this building and how you treat people, how you talk to people, how you act, you don't belong here. No. I'll be there in the first place. That's the real question why are you discovering now that all these people shouldn't be there didn't you establish a culture last year when you were here on the team hired you're not a rookie gm and he's not a rookie head coach you knew about this stuff for about a year year and a half till you fired people now or people are resigning midseason. or whatever the language they want to say and spin around okay whatever the fact is whatever the case is these guys are gone alan williams is gone David Walker, running backs coach, gone. Both of them in terms of HR stuff too. They were both reported to HR within the Bears organization. Okay, There is nothing that shows me that there's integrity there. When Poles was asked about Eberflus vetting his staff members, here's what Pulse said. Get this. The people that Eberflus brings in here, he's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Really? Again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that, people aren't acting that way. They're not here. But the way he holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. Can I mention that the reason why it's loud and tough is because you did it to yourselves. And I'm not even talking about the Justin Fields and Tyson said, Beijing quarterback and even on the field play. Let's talk about Allen Williams and Walker. Let's talk about what they're doing behind the scenes. You know why it's loud? Because you guys aren't being honest. And nobody knows what happened. I still don't know what happened to Allen Williams. I have no clue where he is. Remember his attorney went on the radio and all this stuff. Where is he now? I have no clue. His attorney's gone. I haven't heard anything. I've heard nothing. Walker today, HR complaint, gone. Heard nothing. That's not integrity, and that's not vetting your staff. Polls also talked about the Bears playing. He said, quote, this team, you watch them, they fight. I know this past weekend was a great, but you can't watch that team be like, oh, they're going to fold. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard, especially from where we started last year, trying to build this and do it the right way. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, you're also on thin ice, and he's not going to get fired. Don't worry, because at the end of the day, he didn't draft Justin Fields, and that's going to be his claim to fame to getting his own quarterback, getting his own head coach, and sticking around. So Ryan pulls ain't going anywhere. But I'll tell you what, he is complicit and what Matt Eberflus has done. He is complicit in what's been occurring here on the Chicago Bears. I want to quickly end here. We have a couple of minutes left. A quick preview on the Bears and Saints game coming up this weekend. Saints playing for a lot here as they have a share right now, although they don't have the tiebreaker, of the NFC South division lead. So the Saints are actually playing for a lot. They're doing okay. They're not great, but they're not playing horribly. Right now, that division is so weak that they're in the thick of things at 4-4. Four and four. Derek Carr's back from injury. He's playing okay. 87.6 passer rating. Not perfect, but all right. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams all of the ball extremely well. Extremely well. Especially Taysom Hill, ironically enough, who's done great. The Saints have the ninth-best defense in football, too. Think about that in terms of Tyson Bajant and the Bears. And this is nothing against Tyson Bajant, but this guy's going to be a career-long backup. He's going to face a top-ten defense. Justin Fields won't be, but Tyson Bajant will be. That's pretty interesting. And I'm very curious to see how he plays in general against this great defense. Maybe he'll shock the world. And if he does, that's even a further credit to him considering who they're facing. But I'll tell you what, I'm not expecting anything good. The Bears right now stand at 2-6. and six. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. The Saints have so much to play for. The Bears, not so much, unless you want to count Matt Eberflus keeping his job, maybe? I don't know. The Bears have the 28th best defense in football entering play. Tyson Bajant will start again. Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson are going to be in the thick of things in the run game. I hope Bayless Jones Jr. is inactive. I don't know why he hasn't been cut yet. <laughs> I don't know why he's still there, but that, that's beyond me. We'll see if D.J. Moore could uh, pick up and have a nice game after a couple of down games, not because of him, but because no one's throwing him the football, no one's targeting him. There are so many confounding factors as to why nothing is happening there. This is not going to be a pretty game, in my opinion, for the Bears. I don't think this is going to be a huge success or something that they could hang their hats on here. I'm not expecting anything positive. I'm not expecting anything amazing. I think it's going to be tough. I don't buy any good things that are going to come from this. As far as the final score goes, I don't think the Bears are going to score much. I think they're going to lose this game and lose it in a decent fashion. Even though Derek Carr is turnover prone, because the Saints defense is so good, they're just going to overcome anything that he could possibly do wrong. I think the Bears are going to lose this one 24 to 10. And it should be 24 to 3, but they're going to score a garbage time touchdown. 24 to 10 the Bears fall to New Orleans is my prediction for this week and if they lose, they'll drop to 2 and 7. On the positive for New Orleans, they'll go up to five and four, get a share of the uh, NFC South division lead. Such an interesting situation down there. I don't know if anybody saw, but they actually benched Desmond Ritter today. The Falcons did. They have a share of the lead, too. So they benched their starting quarterback, who's 4-4. Four and four. They're going to put in Taylor Heineke to try and lead them the rest of the way. Meanwhile, they're in the midst of a division title. That's an interesting situation. Hope it works out for Heineke. Obviously, a guy you could root around. If uh, Coach Gruden was here, we could have asked him about Heineke as well. That's an interesting move. But Taylor Heineke is going to be the guy now for Atlanta. And uh, the Saints have a lot to play for. The Bears don't. And that's going to be simple. Bears lose 24-10. to 10. They get their butts kicked. It should be 24-3. to 3. Quick garbage time TD thrown by Beijing to, I don't know, Cole Komet maybe. And it ends 24-10. to 10. Who knows? Maybe Nathan Peterman is even going to get a snap or two. <laughs> you never know, right?
0: My goodness,
1: this team. <sighs> This is going to be interesting. How about Ryan Poles, too? Oh, man, those comments. (laughs) Ryan Poles and this team in general. There's going to be a lot of movement at the end of this year. It almost seems like we're just going through the motions here in Chicago. Another tough year and another meaningless year, it seems like, for the Bears. And As I've said throughout the longevity of this show, it's a disservice to Bears fans to have to deal with this. It's a disservice to them to deal with this drama and this off-the-field stuff and the lying and the sucking and everything going wrong all at once. I can only hope that things get better, but I'm certainly disappointing, or disappointed in how they're playing thus far. In it left to go, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's program. What a huge day. What a big day in general. Big, big, big thank you to Coach Jake Gruden for joining us here. So much insight, so much great information from his days. Coach, the Commanders, his take on Justin Fields, the Bears, Montana Sweat, everything going on. Huge thank you. Big appreciation to him. Thank you to John Meadows, directing and producing. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. Thank you to our great affiliates, WKAN, 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 FM, WJOB, and Jet TV. We got them all in there. And thank you to all of you. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. And if you missed any of this program, don't worry. We podcasted all of it. Go to sportstalkchicago.com. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast provider. The show going to be chopped up into segments. You'll get the full interview with Coach Gruden. Everything's going to be right there at your fingertips and conveniently located for all of you. Tune in and watch. Uh, Join us next week right here on Sports Talk Chicago for more great Chicago Sports Talk. And join us every Sunday as we do live streams of every Bears game on YouTube only. Until next time, thank you for listening and watching. So long, everybody.